0: Okay. Today is Daf Yud Yesterday was Daf Yud Ches, number eighteen, and we'll do the review of yesterday's Daf and then get to today's. We are learning for Shlema for Yitzchok Ben Yehudis, and also have a mind all who need a Rufua in these days. Okay. Um, so uh, yesterday we started at the uh, at the Gemara after the Mishnah on Taf Yud Chesam and and uh, the Mishnah discussed uh, a bunch of disputes between Bisham and Bishil and um, it seems that the soaking of the I guess the, the solids the ink solids in the liquid is uh, now allowed to be done unless it's going to get totally soaked before, according to Beis Shammai, but Beis Hill says that that's permitted. The question is, who says that adding the water to the ink is already the action? Um, you might think you would have to do like the mixing to actually do it, it's not just putting the water in. So the Gemara says, Rav Yosef says that this is going like Rebbe, because Rebbe says that that's all you need um, for uh, to be chayev for gibol, um, which is kneading dough, by adding the water, the whoever does the second act between putting the flour and the water, it doesn't matter the order, but it matters who did the actual second act, is going to be Chayv according to Rebbe. Rabbi, Rabbi Yossi says that you're not Chayv unless you're kneading the dough. So Abaye, when he heard the, Rabbi Yosef's position, he says that uh, I could have, how do you know, maybe... Um, maybe Rabbi is only arguing in such a scenario by flour and water, where obviously if you don't need it, um, it's really certainly not going to become a very good dough. But by ink, it really will dissipate slowly but surely and get uh, you know get diluted into the water. Um, you know any ink solid will slowly wear way into the water and turn it, the entire water into ink. So maybe even Rabbi would agree to that. So um, the Gemara answers that um, uh, don't don't even think that because the Brisa says that it doesn't matter who who um, who puts who first or who puts what first the ashes or the water. Now ashes also is not something that really mixes with the water. And it says that whoever puts it second is going to be chayev. And that's Rebbe's opinion. Or Rebbe also says, no, you got to mix it. Now, why would Rebbe, if we see that there's a dispute there too, that even there you need to mix it. So the Gemara says, maybe we're using the word afer, but we really mean afar. And afar is dirt. Dirt does require mixing with the water in order for it to perform the mud. Um. So, and it has an effect. So the Gemara says... But there's a separate price for afer and a separate price of offer. So the conversation says that doesn't really bother us because you know we do use the words interchangeably and it wasn't written one next to the other. If it would say the same price, you know, if you mix afer with water, whoever puts the last one, or if you mix afer with water, then we know that afer means afer and offer means offer. But if they're not written one to one next to each other, so they could both be referring really to dirt. And you're just using the less usual word for dirt because the, do, the two words are interchangeably used for both dirt and ashes. Okay. Which brings us to the next piece that was uh, the, uh, putting the water, opening up the water channel into the field so the, water, the field gets watered over the entire Shabbos. And you're let to do that even right before Shabbos, even though as Shabbos goes on, it's getting fully watered. Um, We also talked about uh, putting incense under the clothes to fumigate the clothes. We also talked about um, putting a coal under the metal, the silver, to blacken it, which was helping for the designing process for the silversmith. And you can start the process from before Shabbos, let it continue on Shabbos. And the same thing is true with the medication that continually medicates as the Shabbos goes on, as long as you started the process from before, those things are completely permissible. And uh, what you cannot do, however, and this is the quote, what you cannot do is set your water mill to to grind down the wheat on Shabbos, even though you set it up from before Shabbos. What's the difference between the water mill and all these other cases? That's what the Gemara wants to know. So the first answer we saw was Rabbah. The reason is is because it's problem, a separate problem of things that are mashmiyakol, that are loud, noisy things, and those things are more problematic. It uh, it's a Rashi says it's a zilusa to Shabbos, it's a denigration of Shabbos, and this is the actual issue. Um, yes. about the what? Right, no, no. So all I said is that you see a principle over here. I didn't, We didn't come to the halachic psak. That's what I said. We, again, it's important to understand that what we're learning here are the principles behind the halacha. Practical halacha, you ask a rabbi, what do I do? Am I allowed to do this? Is this okay? Is this fall into that category or not? You understand? True, but I'm not ruling on these things right now. It's a time, this is a, the, whole, the whole time now we're getting questions that are, that are, that are abnormal, right? Actually, I'll, tell, I'll share with you an interesting question. Somebody asked me, um, can you do halal over Zoom? <laughs> can we do halal over Zoom? So anyway, it's an interesting question. Um, there's what the practical difference I I will tell you I did permit it because really, anyway, we make a bracha on Rosh Chodesh uh, for Hallel regardless whether we're alone or with a minyan, so it doesn't really need the minyan. And if you want to sing together, what's the problem with singing together? The only difference is is the way it's done is a little responsibly different, you know. So to me, that's not a significant enough difference. If you're with people you can, uh, you know, even over the Zoom, that that would be fine. So I I did, I was mekel on that. So that was, I felt comfortable ruling on. As far as the generator on Shabbos, there's other factors and it's not saying the Pesach this is Rabbah's explanation. We're not even seeing the, who we find who we go with over here. That's one of the concerns um, because the mill is extra noisy and it's a B'zayon to Shabbos. Okay, we're on, we're Good morning. We're we're in the review on Daf Yud, Chesamid Aleph, uh, and we're at we're smack in the middle of the page, um, a little bit lower than halfway mark, and um, we just uh, explained that maybe it's like two thirds down the page, and we're up to Le Rav Yosef Velema Mar, Mishum Shvi says Caleb. Okay, it's uh, about right by the. You got it. You got it. Okay, good. Okay, no problem. All right. So let's continue. Amalei Rav Yosef. That's where we we're just up to. So Rav Yosef says, um, "Why don't we say that the real reason is because of Shvisas Kalim? Because we're going we're with the, the vessels need to be resting on Shabbos, uh, and that's where we said. So this is Rav Yosef. So we saw in the sea, he brings down a source. The Apostle in the Torah, it says that everything that I told you, you need to keep, you need to eat. And according to this explanation in the B'risa, Shvizah'skelem, that your vessels, your utensils, need to rest on Shabbos, is something that we need to do. So, Rav Yosef, therefore, says that that is the reason. The whole problem over here is only that. So now that you're telling me that there's a concept of Kaelin, that even your utensils need to rest on Shabbos, nothing to do with the noise, so and even Beis Hillel agrees to that. So then we have to ask ourselves: Why are these other cases allowed? What's why is it permissible to have the coal burn? You know, smoking up your blackening your silver. Why is it okay to have your incense? You know, fumigating your clothes, all happening on Shabbos. Don't your c- Caleb need to rest on Shabbos? So the answer is: Is because they're passive. And there's a difference between passive activity. calem that are doing things that are passive is fine, according to base ELL. And only when it's doing an active thing, then it's, okay, then it's problematic. What about the flax? It's drying out on Shabbos. So that's because it is not also not an active thing. What about traps? We know that uh, Beis Hillel allows for a trap to trap on Shabbos even though you set, you set it up right before Shabbos and you know there's no time for it to catch or anything on, on, until uh, it'll be Shabbos first before it gets caught and that was permissible. So the Gemara says, you're right, even Beis Hillel only allowed for those particular trap traps that are passive like a hook for a fish hook or like there's a, this uh, basket that Has a very narrow head and it swims right, the fish swims right in, gets its head stuck, but then it can't extricate itself. Those are passive traps and that's what we're talking about over here. Okay. Um, And then there's uh, the the Gemara says, now that Rav Oshias says the name of Rav Asi, that Shvises Kalim Dorais is really only Beishameh. Beishil disagrees. So not like Rav Yosef's contention. So now we need to know that um, so basically and Beish says that Kalim even when they're passive are problematic you're not allowed to use that so um, so according to Beish Hillel even if you do an action it's permissible but according to Beish Shammai the question is is why does Beish Shammai we're assuming in this price that we quoted with the incense fumigating the clothes and with the coal blackening the silver, both of those, even Beishamai would allow. Why? So the Gemara explains that it, you, it's not in a vessel. It's only when it's in a vessel that you're using the vessel on Shabbos. And that's the trick. Gemara says, but there's a lot of cases that we really allow even according to Beishamai. Like, for instance, the vat that they produce beer out of. You've got to soak. It's actively soaking and producing the beer by Fermenting, and you need the vat. The vat it's in a vat, and it's happening over Shabbos because it's a, like an eight day period at least, which by definition is going to be covering over a Shabbos. Also, your candle is being lit from Friday. Your Friday night candles are lit and continually lit on Shabbos. How does Bishami allow it? The pot, um, is uh, and your and the spit that holds the meat is all getting used and doing a Malacha on Shabbos. Why does Be'i allow that? So the Gemara gives a very interesting answer. The Gemara says that Be'i says that in order to allow for these things, you need to make them Hefgar. Because there's a limitation that you only have a responsibility on your own Caleb. But if it's Hefkar, it doesn't bother me. So everyone makes their Cholompat, according to Be'i Shammai, before Shabbos. And therefore, it's not my problem that it's doing work for me on Shabbos which is a very interesting idea. But uh, either way, we pass going to base Hillel on this. Brings us to a uh, uh, a quote. We said, who's the author of this quote? The, the woman is not allowed to fill her uh, her pot with certain types of beans and leave it in the oven, cooking from Friday night all the way through Matzah Shabbos. And if you do so, it's going to be prohibited on Matzah Shabbos unless it was there enough time to uh, to do so after Shabbos. You know, what we call in Hebrew, with enough time that it could happen already after Shabbos. Similarly, an, a baker can not leave a barrel full of water and place it in the oven and let it steam up the oven on Erev Shabbos before nightfall, on, on, and he cannot benefit from it Matzah Shabbos until it would have anyway happened if he would have started first on Matzah Shabbos. So let's say that this quote is going only like Beishameh, not Beishilel. The Gemara says not necessarily true. It could be Beishilel agrees with both of those laws because there's another issue at stake, and that is the concept of Shema Yechata Bekalel. Maybe he's going to come to stoke the coals, which is its own issue that even Beishilel is worried about. So the Gemara says stoking the coals, you're telling me anything where there's a fire involved and you might stoke the coals, these things might be problematic. So then why don't we worry about the incense or the coal that's u- being utilized to uh, for work on Shabbos? Maybe you'll stoke it, so the Kumar explains. There's no concern of stoking the coals in those cases, because that'll produce smoke. And smoke is harmful for both things. For the silver, you don't want the silver to get all smoky. And you also, it smells like smoke, and you also don't want the clothes to smell like smoke. Okay? You only want it to get the nice fragrance, not smoky. Um, what about the flax that goes in the oven? So the Gemara says opening the oven door is uh, bad, as harmful for the flax. It doesn't work well unless it stays closed. And therefore, nobody's going to open the door to stoke the coals. What about the wool that's in the vat in the you know, in, to, to absorb the color, the colorant? Right, You're trying to dye the wool. So the Gemara says, why don't we make a there? You might stoke the coal. So Shmuel says, you're right. It would have been a concern, except we're not leaving the pot on the fire. It's off the fire. Maybe you'll mix it. So the Gemara says, it's sealed. So you're not going to come to mix it either. The cap, the cover is sealed on. Now, the Gemara says that we just introduced this idea of shamichatam kolim. So it comes out some very interesting, important practical halachos. And these actually are practical halachos. So the question is, if you have a pot that has uh, raw food and you put it up immediately, right? You know, prior to Shabbos, right before Shabbos. So the halacha is, you could do so, and the reason why is because you're not going to come to stoke the coals in that case because it's so not going to be ready. It's so going to take so much longer to be ready. It won't be ready for tonight, no matter what. So you're just going to leave it. Um. So the Gemara says um and uh what if it's fully cooked then also there's no concern it's only going to be a concern putting it up right before shabbos if it's basheel below basheel that's why uh rabbi will rabbi will tell you that you should um actually make sure either you put it up at the last minute before shabbos or you put it up well before shabbos that it's fully cooked by the time shabbos comes on because that avoids the problem it's only when it's somewhere in between those are the people who like have to uh, have a problem because they put it up a little bit before Shabbos, and it might be with a little help, it could be ready for tonight. Um, so that's where the um, that's where these issues do apply. And he said, however, there is a good trick that you could do. You could just throw a bone or something that's raw right before Shabbos, and that would be perfectly permissible. Okay, now that we established that any time the wind, yes. Correct. I just stopped the clock for a minute. Okay, so we left off. We're still in the middle of our review on Daf Yud Ches Amud and what's the and the question that we said is um, um. So we saw a trick that you could just put a a, a bone and therefore let it cook on Shabbos. Now, the Gemara says, now that that's true, that if it's harmful for the, any wind would come in, air, cold air would come in, it would be harmful, so you're not going to be tempted to do so. So we saw that there's a, a, an actual difference depending on what it is that you're cooking. If it's a kid meat, which is very tender, softer, so, uh, the, and the oven is sealed, nobody would have a problem because I'm certainly not going to open the door. If it's an older uh, goat, which has a tougher meat, and the door is not sealed, that would be prohibited. If it's a goat, and it's uh, and it's not sealed, or if it's a, uh, I mean a female, I mean a, not a, a a young kid, and it's not sealed, or it's a adult goat and it's sealed. So then Ravashi says, since you have one of the two things that will withhold you from. Coming to stoke the coals is nothing to worry about. And Ravir Midifti says it's still prohibited. You need like, you need like a reminder, a double reminder according to Ravir Mimidifti. Now, Rav Ashi, who says it's allowed, we have a Mishnah coming up. We're going to see Mirthashem at the end of today's taf, which is that you can't roast meat unless it's going to be fully roasted from before Shabbos. So the Gemara says that's talking about a uh, an adult goat. Um, which is, and it's not closed, so uh, not sealed. That's one answer. There's another ke- uh, version of the whole discussion, Machlok, is between Ravashi and Rabir Mimidifti, and it says like this, if it's a kid's meat, so then it doesn't matter whether it's sealed or, or not, nobody's going to want to open the door to stoke the coals, because it, by opening the door, that will harm the, kid, the meat. So you're not going to do it. Um, if it's an adult goat, so then, and it's sealed, so that it's seal the seal on the door is already a reminder, so that's also not a concern. The homeach locus is, if it's a regular door and it's an adult uh, adult goat, uh, Ravashi says it's still allowed, and Rav says that it's forbidden, okay? Uh, why, so the question is, how does Ravashi say it's allowed, but doesn't uh, the, the we see in the upcoming mission, you're not allowed to roast meat. And that's exactly the same thing. You're roasting meat, even if you say it's the meat of an adult goat, but you, it has to be fully roasted from before Shabbos. So the answer is that's because it's on, directly on the coals and there's not even a door. According to Ravashi, the, having an oven door is itself like a reminder you're not going to come to stoke the coals, but according to uh, that's not sufficient, but when it's completely open and the coals right there, you might be tempted to stoke the coals, and even he would agree in that case. Okay. Um, then we left off. The Rav said that uh, that if you have a raw piece of pumpkin or gourd, uh, a winter squash, that's also going to be allowed because it's also any wind by opening the door will be harmful to it. It's the same as the kid meat. Of the young kid, and therefore it's permissible um, in that case. If as long as the door, the oven door, you won't be tempted to open the oven door because it'll harm the cooking process. Okay, we did the next thing about uh, selling, and we saw the machogs between Beshame and Besil and the Mishnah about selling to the Gentiles. So Beshame says, You can't sell to the Gentile or lend him something that he's going to return to you or lend him money or give him gifts unless he's going to be able to make it to his home before Shabbos. Besillo says he has to just get to the house by the by the by the wall of the city, closest house. And Rebbe Mikveh says it doesn't really mean that. It means yeah, could go to the your house, your just as long as he leaves your door and he's off your property, that's all that matters. And Rabil Subud explains that Rabikib is not arguing on Basil. He's explaining Basil that, he, that that's what he basil really means. And that is where we left off yesterday. So we're gonna stop over here.